Welcome to Impact Oversell. Here is your host, Shuffcut, aka Shuff. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in, and this is episode one of Impact Oversell. Welcome. And I'll be going over the October 6th edition of Impact Wrestling, which was also the debut episode on Free Sports here in the UK on October 7th in prime time at 10pm. If you want to know a bit more about me and the whole reason for me putting this podcast together, be sure to tune into episode 0. But right now, let's get straight into the review of this week's episode. Impact kicked off this week with Tommy Dreamer going one-on-one with Brian Myers. In a regular match, I thought that these two would have been in a no-disqualification match, purely based on the fact that Tommy Dreamer stated that the innovator of violence would show up in their next encounter. Now, it was quite a back-and-forth matchup, and Brian was getting more and more frustrated that he couldn't put it away, Dreamer, even with his DDT. This resulted in Myers getting a kendo stick from under the ring. I can't confirm if it was Kenny or not. Could be one of his relatives. Who knows? He went to swing for Dreamer, misses, Dreamer got a hold of the candlestick, and Dreamer goes to hit Brian Myers with the candlestick. Myers says to Tommy, think of my girls, please, I'm sorry, I want somebody, please, think of the children. And instantly gets up, punches Dreamer in the face, and hits him not with one, not with two, not with three, but four kendo stick shots to the back. Chases a ref out the ring, he's not done yet. Five, six, seven, eight, nine candlesticks. Tommy is crying out in pain. Security come down to the ring. Myers goes to swing towards them. They get off the apron and Scott Timor comes down. Quite firmly says from the apron, Stop. Leave him alone. Stop. Myers drops the candlestick and walks to the ramp. Maybe he is the most professional wrestler listening to management. Struck me kind of odd at first, but maybe he could spin it that way. He's a professional. He listened to instructions. He was stood there at the top of the ramp as well, and I thought that he would come down again and continue beating on Dreamer, but a good fun match to kick off the show. One day, Tommy Dreamer does need to get in touch with Noel Edmonds and have Mr. Blobby as his tag team partner. He's a quarter of the way there. Substitute the orange dots on his attire for yellow, have pink attire, and boom, moneymaker. Hashtag Mr. Blobby and Dreamer. On a serious note, Tommy doesn't look great. We then go to Moose. I assume Moose was looking for his TNA championship belt. I just found it funny as it just looked like to me he's just looking for his car keys. Where could they be? Under the trucks? In a bin? In the gym area? He had no luck. Next week on Impact, Moose looks for his car keys. Again. Um, from there we go to Johnny Bravo. Anyone else remember that cartoon from the Cartoon Network, Johnny Bravo? Anyway, he's with Crazy Steve, Johnny Swinger, followed by the Deaners and Alicia Edwards, basically most of the cost of Russell House, and he wants them to contribute to the cost of his wedding, which doesn't go down well, and we end up with a matchup with the 107-year-old Crazy Steve, he looks great, he must be all the face paint, and Johnny Swinger teaming up to take on the Deaners later that night. Johnny Bravo asked a question we were all thinking though, who is going to book the fondue fountain? Who? And why did we cut away? Maybe we'll get updates throughout the night, fingers crossed. Next up, the Desi hitman Rohit Raju makes his way to the ring with a hint of dull signature in his entrance. I do like hearing from Rohit in his promos. He's playing this role clearly where he is putting himself as this brilliant person who's given out all sorts of opportunities, but ultimately he's a coward and he doesn't want to defend his exhibition title. Rohit says that he is the most caring, sharing, kind, most giving professional wrestler. 
Willie Mack onto this call for the second time for the defeat Rohit challenge. Doesn't get very far though, I was in Madison Rain on this one. Willie already had his shot at victory road. Granted, Rohit walked away from the matchup and it ended in the countout. Guess I wasn't in the mood for seeing a rematch. So before even Willie steps foot into the ring, Rohit says to him, you've had your opportunity, go away, and you want someone new. Then lo and behold, Jordan Grace. Yes, Jordan Grace, former knockouts champion, who in my opinion is a knockout who puts the knockout in knockouts, answers the call. Rohit stalls when the match is about to start by not giving up his championship belt to give to the ref. Willie's also had enough of this. He goes to grab the championship belt off Rohit. There's a bit of a tug of war between the two. Then out of nowhere, Jordan Grace, quick roll up pinfall. And she is the new X Division champion. At least that's what we thought. Now, Rohit is going crazy. He talks to the ref, and to be honest, the ref just looked like, oh, okay, I'll just do this for you to shut up, Rohit. He speaks to David Panzer. And it was announced that the match was not for the Exhibition Championship. And the winner of the match is Jordan Grace, but Rohit Raju is still the Exhibition Champion. Now, I love this. Sneaky Rohit finds a way to stay champion. Make note for all future open challenges. Read the small print. Make sure it is for the Exhibition Championship or for the title that you're competing for. Now, Scott Dimon met Rohit coming off the stage in the back, and he swerves Rohit Raju. As Rohit Raju loves opportunity, he's getting more opportunities and he sets up a six-way match for the Exhibition Championship at Bound for Glory as it will be Rohit Raju against Willie Mack, TJ Perkins, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay and Jordan Grace. The intergender matches all the one away with uh, the departure Tessa Blanchard but seem to be making a return. Let's see where they go with this. We head to the backstage and Hernandez is a man with the money and the tash. He said it himself. Falabar inadvertently, in air quotes, throws water on Hernandez and then they go to separate ways. Later in the night we see Falabar sneaking in while Hernandez is showering and he steals the water cash from his clothing. Someone please introduce Hernandez to a bank account. We get Triple XL taking on the Rascals. The moment of the match was AC Romero screaming, You little rascal! and he inadvertently ends up hitting Larry D. Izaki Wentz hits AC with a super kick, which is so like there was an earthquake the way AC stumbled out of the ring. The Rascals then hit their finisher for the win on Larry D. Nice to see the Rascals get a win. We go to Jimmy Jacobs, who is with Dr. Foreman at a physiotherapy clinic with Rich Swan in the background. Dr. Foreman explains that Rich Swan is ready for Bound for Glory today, and that he's at the physiotherapy clinic every single day, morning, noon, and afternoon. Richard heads up to Jimmy for the interview, then out of nowhere, the person in the back of the shot all along in scrubs is Eric Young. He ties up his leg, gets a kettlebell and smashes it on Rich Swan's leg. Brutal. The interview with the Murray City Machine Guns is cut short as the Good Brothers interfere, stating that they explain to the Murray City Machine Guns that there is a target on their back, but tonight they will be the Guardian Angels as they take on Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, and they remind the Murray City Machine Guns that they are undefeated. Chris Saban and Nanik Shalit straight up don't care. They state they're the best tag team. Rosemary's on her way to the ring next and she's teaming up with Ty and Valkyrie to take on the team of Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles. In the end, a spear by Rosemary and a double underhook slam get the win for Rosemary and Ty. Josh Matthews stated that they cruised to victory. I thought it was a bit more back and forth. And during the match, they did show Havoc and Nevaeh watching in the back on the TV. We go straight on to Johnny Swinger and Crazy Steve against the Dinas. Starts off in a pretty crazy way. The Dinas offering a beer to Crazy Steve, who takes the beer bottle, goes over to his monkey, and uh, the monkey's getting drunk. And at this point, highlight of the match for sure, Johnny Swinger telling Crazy Steve to get serious, to be serious. 
Someone got all throughout the match was trying to get assistance from Crazy Steve at various points. Crazy Steve even offered a knife on a fork at one point. Johnny Swingle was looking in his man pack, right in front of the referee. The referee told him to get rid of the man pack. Johnny Swingle gets frustrated, grabs Crazy Steve's monkey, goes to use it as a weapon. Don't know how a plush toy monkey pack can be used as a weapon or how much impact it will have. Anyway, Crazy Steve's not having it, snatches the monkey back from Johnny Swinger. As Johnny Swinger is distracted by this, he gets hit by DDT and the Dinas win the match. We get a recap of what happened to Victory Road and it's confirmed that Susie's arm is broken courtesy of Diana Perrazzo. Let's see if she does return as Susie or Sue Young and I absolutely loved the next segment. It was Kylie Ray in the back being interviewed. States that Susie has been nothing but nice to her and she doesn't do anything to anyone. Kimberly interrupts mocking Kylie says she doesn't really know who Susie is and that Kylie Ray's fate has been sealed and her arm will be broken by Diana. And oh my word, Kylie Ray snaps. Loved the facial expression of Kylie before this as Kim- Kimberly was talking to her. And afterwards when she realises what she's done after the beatdown she gives her. Sort of Rosemary Bunny-esque. But definitely, definitely intriguing and I did enjoy this. We head to contract negotiations with Heath Slater and Scott Diamore. Scott wants Heath to look over the contract that they're offering, but before he even looks at it, Heath Slater states that he's come up with a proposal of his own. Basically, Scott says negotiations are give and take, and that Heath is a great talent, he has a great future, and usually he needs to do something to get the big payday. Heath Slater, clearly frustrated, said he's bought ads, commercials. Scott Demore appreciates that. Heath is getting wound up, says he's brought eyes onto the product, and he should look at his proposal again. Scott does, and he says he doesn't want to disrespect Heath says Heath is a good athlete, but he's not an Olympic gold medalist. So clearly we're looking at Heath Slater asking for a Kurt Angle level contract. The contract negotiations break down. Heath he's not a, a just Sunday morning jobber. Scott D. Moore says no, not Sunday morning, but Mondays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Fridays. And he throws the contract up in the air. We got to Rhino pacing outside. Heath Slater is frustrated. Says I don't have a contract. Says when I was on Raw with McIntyre, they offered him a deal. And what did Rhino tell him to do? Come here. Okay, well, Heath, I don't care. You had a contract offer you didn't even look at. Now you're taking out on Rhino, and no one forced you to leave to go to Impact if they offered you another contract. Very curious to know how they're going to continue featuring Heath on Impact going forward. We then head to EC3, the funeral of the century. Says the Moose has got to break his attachment to the legacy of the TNA World title and drops the title to his side on what apparently is a bridge. Surely there must be more to this. All the build-up about the championship being destroyed and this is all that happens? I'm sure there will be more than this. Ken Shamrock is in the back having doubts about what he did to Eddie Edwards last week. Sammy Callahan showing him 45 million retweets of him beating down Eddie Edwards. Come on Sammy, you've gone down from 1 billion, over 1 billion that you said last time. Who are you going to beat up next Ken? Some poor guy passing by, Sammy Callahan and says, him, he's the next guy. And Shamrock unloads on him, I know this wasn't supposed to be funny. But the way Shamrock just beat him down, just in full-on robot mode, just left, right, left, right, left, right punches, screaming, was just hilarious to me. The inevitable Ace Austin with Madman Fulton against the Motor City Machine Guns 
and I have to say I really loved Madman Fulton in this match the part of the match where he hit a running boot primal screen panning his chest this is um, in my opinion how big guys should be and how triple XL should come across more often instead of leaning down off the apron when they get hit with a kick or a clothesline from inside the ring again Fulton in the match being a monster it took both the Motor City machine guns to take him down at one point and I also enjoyed when Madman Fulton was on the top turnbuckle and he's choking Shelley in the corner as he lifts him up off the canvas and then he does the same to Saban. After Madman Fulton's legs were attacked, Shelley and Saban with all of their strength managed to choke slam Fulton, again not taking him down easily. I loved this. And then as Shelley is pinning Madman Fulton, he sees Ace Austin diving to break up the pin but Shelley gets up which causes Ace Austin to land onto Fulton. Double suplex attempt by the guns of Fulton doesn't work. Fulton suplexes both of the guns easily. The North come down, Ethan Page with a chair. They're both on top of the apron. The ref takes the chair off Ethan Page, which then allows the Good Brothers to come down to take care of the North. During this, Luke Gallows hits Madman Fulton with an uppercut from outside of the ring, which then allows the Mono City Machine Guns to double team, end up with a crossbody dive from the top turnbuckle, then Madman Fulton is pinned. I really enjoyed that main event and I love Madman Fulton being a monster. The show ends with the Good Brothers and the Mono City Machine Guns arguing with the Mono City Machine Guns standing tall in the ring and the Good Brothers on the ramp. Really enjoyed this episode of Impact, absolutely flew by for me, definitely building up the Bound for Glory nicely, looking forward to next week's show. So that is a thumbs up from me on this episode. Do get in touch. I would love to hear your feedback. You can email me at feedback at impactoversell.com and also please follow Impact Oversell on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Have a groovy day.